Nation, welcome to the Credible Nerds Podcast. This is the Marvel Avengers Review Series, and we are the Credible Nerds. My name is Justin, and as always, I have my co-host with me, Mark. Hey guys, how's it going? Today we'll be talking about The Incredible Hulk. So we were excited to sit down and watch The Hulk. For me, it had been a while, probably a couple years at least, to get back in and see this original Hulk movie as far as the Marvel Avengers series goes. I know there was the the movie just titled The Hulk. I think that came out in the late 90s, mid-90s. But this is, uh, I don't want to say a remake, but it's an origin story of The Incredible Hulk and how he fits into the Marvel Avengers storyline. So this movie came out uh, in 2008 and it is chronologically it's after the first Iron Man that we reviewed last time and initially on our timeline that we had posted on our our website and also on Facebook it had the Incredible Hulk listed after Iron Man 2. So I had watched Iron Man 2 and was seeing that you know that that movie and at the end of the movie there's some TV screens kind of in the background and they're showing news footage from the Incredible Hulk and then so I was like oh well maybe this you know this movie happens after the Incredible Hulk so I went back and watched the Incredible Hulk and my best guess is that they happen pretty close if not at the same time and I think We'll get into a little bit later with the end credit scene, but I think that end credit scene happens after um, the Hulk, obviously, but the Hulk and Iron Man 2 happen at the same time. Have you, do you have any experience with that, Mark, or do you have any idea what, about that? I I don't. I haven't really looked into that. Uh, that's, a, that's a good point. But Iron Man 2, that's when he holds his big expo, right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because you would think someone like, uh, you know, Bruce Banner would want to be involved in something like that. So, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I never noticed that, and so I'll have to look into it. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So we'll talk more about it next time when we review Iron Man two. But like I was saying at the the end of Iron Man two, when all the events happen and uh, Nick Fury's debriefing him about kind of what the Avengers are. Um, you can see footage from this movie that were, you know, from the Incredible Hulk. So obviously that ha- had already happened when they were meeting. So I don't know. It's for me, from my mind, they happened kind of simultaneously at the same time. So if anybody has any feedback or ideas on that, let us know uh, on our on Facebook. So anyway, this movie came out in 2008. It was directed by Louis Leterrier. Who I don't remember, but I guess he uh, directed and was involved in the Transporter movies. Um, the ones with uh, is those action movies. So, oh, yeah. with J- Is it Jason Statham? Yeah, is that with it is? Statham, yep. So he did those and then a couple other movies that um, you've heard of, but you know nothing really big. This oh, probably, Clash of the Titans. I, was, I liked yeah. it. I mean, yeah, that was a lot, lot of people liked it, but I liked it. Yeah, I liked it too his pedigree and then we got edward norton as bruce banner in this film uh william hurt as general ross Liv tyler as betty ross and ty burrell from modern family he's in this as uh, betty ross's boyfriend 
he has a, a few parts in it so it's kind of interesting to see him in a marvel movie something i didn't i'd forgotten about i guess and didn't expect to see so and then tim roth who plays um emil blonsky and that is the guy who ends up turning into abomination the mm-hmm. soldier for hire guy yeah like he's uh english or something right they bring yeah. him over from england yeah okay yep and then um and those are the major players in this film um this is a universal film uh, released and distributed by universal while iron man and iron man 2 those were distributed by paramount so there was some corroboration between universal and paramount because those these two stories do cross over disney Disney probably owns them (laughs) well not at the time they didn't (laughs) um, this is before the the pre-disney buyout and we had mentioned it on our last podcast with iron man and no i think it was actually the captain america one about how these initial films in the marvel universe seem to have a different feel for them and i tend to like them more than the, the later ones as a whole and that's you know it's so it's interesting that this movie was pre-disney so we'll keep an eye on that and see how if there is a disney effect with these movies well i think you can see it like look at just the general mood and the lack of that type of joking in this right. film oh, yeah. right so yeah, i mean yeah. i i think it's obvious just right away uh yeah. myself but i mean i i i like i don't know <laughs> yeah. i i really like this is probably one of my favorite uh marvel films from the whole whole thing it's probably in my top three yeah. for all of them okay yeah it was definitely um it is different it's darker um a lot more serious action consequences. Um, mm-hmm. It just has a different feel than than the others. That's for sure. And I think what we saw with um, with Iron Man, you know, we got Tony Stark, and he's very sarcastic. Very, um, you know, he doesn't. He just says what's on his mind. Doesn't care. And some of it's funny. Some isn't. And so you have, and that's Tony Stark, right? That's his character. So you would expect that from him. And you wouldn't want to see that in this movie because that's not Bruce Banner. You know, that's not the Hulk. Not that type of humor. And I think the issue that happens is, you know, Disney or whoever's writing the later movies, they see, they want to have the Tony Stark in every, you know, that type of humor in every movie, even though it perhaps doesn't belong in there because that's not the Tony Stark character. Mm Mm-hmm. So you don't see that in this in this film <clears throat> in this film. So I but it was a lot darker of a of a film than even with the Avengers when the Hulk's in the, in those two movies, the the two Avenger movies. It's not as dark as this one was. And we'll get a little bit into that later about why it's dark. Uh so there's no infinity stones in this film. Um, straight up science and earth and you know no aliens or anything there's there is shield plays a a part in this film mostly just kind of on the sidelines nothing indirectly um they are the organization is there 
in the opening credits they show a letter from Nick Fury um, kind of outlining how they need to track down Banner and find out where he is there's the whole super soldier program that they talk about in this film that is you know from shield early shield days that's how Captain America was created was this super soldier program um, and then later on in the film uh, there's a lot of like secret communication between Bruce Banner and a guy named Mr. Blue kind of this cloak and dagger type relationship that they have where they're trying to keep their communication secret from everyone else and there's a moment where S.H.I.E.L.D. intercepts his email to Mr. Blue and that's how they kind of figure out where he is and where he's going and they get involved that way uh, there's also a moment in regards to S.H.I.E.L.D. and Stark Industries is also kind of a, they distribute the weapons that the that S.H.I.E.L.D. uses in this film. Um, there's a moment where they go and get the serum that they had created after Bruce Banner, in his experiment, they created another version of the serum. And it kind of worked, and so they put it in Cairo's storage, Cryo storage, I guess, freezing the serum. And that whole, you know, facility was, you know, Stark Enterprises equipment. So, Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Interesting. So hmm. those are the, the connections that we see with S.H.I.E.L.D. and Stark Industries. Uh, any other Avengers involved? Uh, the only one that I saw was Tony Stark at the end of the film. It's a it's not necessarily an end credit, but it, it is the last scene of the the movie. So mm-hmm. Did you notice any other Avengers or hints at other Avengers? No, I, it's really before like the Avenger initiative really got going, right? Because, right. Um, well, I guess potential Avengers. Yeah, because they really hadn't started putting together really the team yet. Yeah. Thor hadn't shown up uh, at this point, and um, I mean, I'm. I'm sure uh, uh, Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye are around, but I mean, other than that, no. It's just just all about the whole kind of like an origin story. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And as far as you know, this film advancing the overall story again, it's an origin story, so there's really no advancing in the sense that you know, building upon other films, this is the first one in this storyline. Uh, you know. We'll see Iron Man's storyline, Captain America's storyline, and the Hulk's storyline all merge together here in a, in a couple movies. But, you know, this is kind of the beginning of it all, and they're all on their own journey. That'll eventually lead them to the Avengers. So, you know, there's no building upon a past story at this point with this movie. Uh, outside, of, at least outside of the Super Soldiers project that they talk about for a couple minutes, uh, Blonsky and General Ross talk about it. How they talk about the history of how they, there was a serum created to create a Super Soldier, which ended up being Captain America, and that Banner was working on a project to try and recreate this serum. And he didn't know it. He thought he was working on something else. But it was kind of a portion of, of what they were trying to do. And when he tested it on himself, you know, we ended up getting the Hulk. So really, 
there's only Captain America and the Hulk that are, you know, could be classified as super soldiers. Mm -hmm. Every time they try to create one, the project is sabotaged or it destroys itself. So there, there really isn't uh, a follow through or a completion to this project of the super soldiers. Um, some key highlights of the film that that I enjoyed. Um, we start off with kind of a flashback of how Bruce Banner was, you know, the accident in his lab and how he was exposed to everything and became the Hulk and how he had to, to hide from everyone because um, of who he became. And so the movie starts out with him hiding out in Brazil. And I thought that was really interesting. He's kind of created a life for himself. He's trying to control his his heartbeat because I guess it gets once it gets up to 200 beats per minute that's when he starts to change into the Hulk so he tries to keep his stress level his anger level and just kind of overall heartbeat level down so that doesn't happen so he's learning some breathing exercises he's learning some type of martial arts probably jujitsu since it's Brazil and he's just working in a soda pop plant and trying to hide and you know gather information there is a part where he's trying to come up with some herbal remedies and he's paying some guy to find some herbs or some plants for him to be able to see if that helps with, you know, his, his symptoms. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was cool to see, you know, he's in hiding and trying to figure out what he can do to, to cure himself, I guess you could say. Um, but eventually, you know, he is in communication with, uh, an alias, a guy with an alias named Mr. Blue. He's Mr. Green. And they're going back and forth trying to solve this issue of who he was. And so he does, he's doing that. And do you remember how he is, how the, how S.H.I.E.L.D. discovers where he's at? Or, you know, how the military came down to Brazil and, and found him, Mark? Um, hmm. If I remember right, uh, he some like he was working at the plant, right, and some blood. Uh, he like cut himself. He was fixing something, and he cut himself, and some blood went into one of the uh, canisters or bottles, yeah. and it got packaged up and sent out. And I think this is where Stan Lee's moment comes in, right. and uh, gets shipped out to some guy in America, and he's just drinking it, and all he's like, he's like, wow, and. Uh, it was some kind of poison. I don't remember what it was called. Do you? They're like, oh, some guy came down with something poisoning. It was. They noticed the gamma radiation levels were high. Oh, that's right. And uh, and then it was Stan Lee drinking the uh, yeah uh, the drink. But yeah, no, that was uh, pretty interesting. So then they just tracked down where it was bought, bottled, and shipped from, and uh, ended up uh, finding uh, the Hulk or Bruce Banner. And uh, then we got to see some craziness, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is, uh, we got to see the Hulk for real the first time. And I think before this, they'd shown a couple uh, clips of of him just a little bit, but you didn't really get to see him. Yeah. And uh, you really get to see the Hulk just, why he's the Hulk. I mean, he was unstoppable. Yeah, he was brutal. He yeah, the, it was just, he brought the pain for those soldiers that were trying to shoot him. Right, and it was like, you know, he didn't even 
didn't even flinch, you know, just broke through everything, grabbed everything, killed everyone. <laughs> I mean, throwing tanks around like there's nothing. I mean, it was I, – I really liked it because he got a real sense of how powerful the Hulk really is. Yeah. And he's not just like a super soldier. He is beyond super soldier. Mm-hmm. And I wonder why the, the difference is because I would have never put, okay, Captain America and – the Hulk are the same kind of the same line of thinking. So I wonder why is it the gamma radiation that makes him so so much bigger and I don't know necessarily stronger, but um, more savage. Do you think that's what it was? I think so um, because it seems like uh, Captain America's was a little bit more focused. You know, a little bit uh, a lot more science behind it. There's a lot of things to go off of. Probably a lot of trial and error notes. But after uh, he was created, and they killed the doctor, and yada yada. You know, I think all the notes were lost, so they just kind of had to start at ground zero. And they had a a good baseline, but I think where Br- Bruce Banner took it, because he didn't know what he was working on, he probably did way too much, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so when when it he got into him, it was just uncontrolled, you know, just went out of control. So uh, make you know. And it's weird that he transforms back and forth. And I don't know all behind it. I don't read the the whole comics. Uh, but um, it's kind of weird that he transforms and Captain America doesn't. Yeah, then it comes and goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be curious to find out if there is an explanation or it's just... Um, well, I'm thinking... So they chose Steve Rogers because of his his heart, right? He was a good guy. He tried to do what was right all the time. He stuck up for the little guy, the, the underprivileged. So he was just a good guy, and that's the kind of guy they wanted to have as a super soldier, right? Not just some out-of-control person who you know can give in to their passions and just start killing everybody. So does that translate over to Bruce Banner as well? Because I never got the impression that he was you know, a bad dude. He was just... Um, He's more scientific, and he seems to care for other people, uh, from what I can tell. Um, so, does he cause the Hulk to be the way he is, or does the Hulk is like a whole different person, different personality? Well, we saw with uh, there was one other super soldier, um, the Red Skull, right? Mm-hmm. He wasn't a pure, kind-hearted person. He was, you know, prideful, wanted power that sort of thing so that's why he ended up the way he did so he's is he more red skull or is he more captain america or or what yeah it's it's kind of interesting because and maybe it's a part of who he is like it's almost like he's torn right uh because he's he's neither i don't think he's evil and i don't think he's just overall good and so uh, you know, he's not – it's just hard to explain. I, I don't under, I don't know either. I don't know why his transformation is the way it is. Um, I I just don't have a good answer for that. Yeah. Uh, because well, we whoever the, wrote the Hulk had needed a plot line. I don't know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we see in the Avenger films how he, you know, he kind of tries to hide. He tries to suppress it because he doesn't feel like that's him. But then in the end, he has to because they, you know, the Avengers need him to to fight all these 
aliens that are coming and fight Ultron and that sort of thing. So he, I think it's, I don't want to say a separate personality, but it's a different being, I guess you could say. Because it's not, because from every time we see him as Bruce Banner, he he is nice. He's a good guy. He wants to to, um, do the right thing, but he just can't because of, what happens when he changes into the Hulk, and then he, when he changes back, he feels guilty for what happened, for what he did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird because they kind of started answering that question, right? Because uh, his his girlfriend, what's her name, uh, yeah, Betty Ross, Ross. Mm-hmm. yeah, um, would try to talk to him and calm him down. And, you know, he kind of like remembered her a little bit and protected her in a couple of the scenes, you know? Yeah. So, and he kind of explained it. He's like, it's just like a lot of noise, you know? It's like, um, he just can't control it. And it might be part of when he, when he transformed, it's like, like, because they talk about it's like a pure rage, you know? So it's like, he can't think straight. He can't get his thoughts under control. So he's just this, this big, huge ball of fury that can't be controlled, and yeah. he's trying to learn. So I, I'm sure he's still in there. Like I don't think it's necessarily a different being. I think it's just like an overload of of an emotion that he can't control. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it could be something due to the fact that I think it has to do with the gamma radiation. It changed his. I don't know, change something in him. Mm-hmm. I think that's the explanation. I guess we'll have to look into it a little bit more. and Maybe when we review the next film that the Hulk is in, we can talk more about that. Um, so, you know, he's trying to, to suppress the Hulk. He wants to cure himself, is the impression I got, because he doesn't want to, you know, be that person anymore. He knows the military's after him because they see him as a weapon that they can use. And so he's trying to hide out till he can cure himself. But he gets brought back into the game because he has his, his data, his information, but then he loses it in the soda pop warehouse fight with the military. So he has to go back to the university where it all happened and try and get the information, the data there. So he goes back to Culver University and... He looks up Betty Ross, his girlfriend, or his old girlfriend, and he ends up meeting with her, and they, you know, come up with a plan to to take the data and kind of reunite with Mr. Blue and see if they can figure out what to do at that point. But, you know, he's afraid to talk to her because last time he saw her, he hurt her as, as the Hulk, and she had to go to the hospital. But she's kind of, it's been a while, so she's moved on and found a new boyfriend, um, which is uh, Ty Burrell. So, but when she sees him, she, all her emotions come flooding back and she wants to be with him and wants to help him. So, I thought the casting of Liv Tyler as Betty Ross was a really good casting choice. And I thought she did a great job as Betty Ross. And I am Mm -hmm. disappointed that she's not involved further in in the storyline well they kind of did that with like uh with most of them right they did that with thor's character too yeah 
right? They kind of wrote her out a little bit. And, uh, but I mean, we talked about this earlier, right? I think they, they cut Liv Tyler out because they cut Edward Norton out and he just, they just wanted to move away from anything from the original Hulk and just have Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, that could be, I think that's a bad move, but that could be the case. So, I mean, yeah, because then now it's it was Black Widow, right? Yeah. It was like him and Black Widow was starting to hook up. Yeah, and I never know who she's with because she's either with the Hulk or she's with Captain America. You know, it's just like I don't think there's any – I haven't seen any hints of a necessarily romantic thing between Captain America and her, but they are pretty close. Yeah, in uh, – I mean, we'll do this one, but in The Winter Soldier, right, you kind of see that. Mm-hmm. They're starting to get something going, like you keep thinking, like, oh, you know, maybe. And then next thing you know, she's all of a sudden with the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, her and Bruce Banner are, you know, a thing. So, yeah, I I don't know. I think, well, yeah, like you mentioned, they did the same thing with uh, Natalie Portman's character in Thor. Uh, kind of did it with Agent Carter as well. They, I mean, she, she didn't, they didn't write her out, but she... They made it so she can no longer be really a love interest for him. Mm-hmm. And then, so I don't know if that's just kind of how they want to do the things. But So um, another key part in the film that I liked was the when he goes to Culver University to get the data and the military shows up, and it's the first time you just see him engage with, with them, you know, with tanks, with soldiers, with sonic weapons, and... You know, he just takes him to town and destroys everything. Oh, it wasn't even close. Yeah. And he just ran him over. Yeah. And it was literally unstoppable. Yeah, it was pretty intense. And that's the footage you see at the end of Iron Man 2 is this, you know, what happened here at this university. <clears throat> so, but right before that, well, one important part is we were talking about the super soldiers and the, the serum and all that. So we see that General Ross is talking with Blonsky, the soldier for hire, and he kind of hints at, you know, hey, we have some more of this serum. Do you want to try it? Do you want to go toe-to-toe with this Hulk? And he says, yeah, I want to do that. So they they get the serum out of the Cairo freezing place and inject it into him, and he becomes, you know, basically, he, he did remind me of a Captain America. You know, he was healthy, he was strong, he could run faster than everyone, he could engage with the Hulk. Hulk was still powerful and kicked his butt. Um, broke pretty much every bone in his body during that Culver <laughs> University fight, that battle. But yet he's able to heal. They kind of set up, put him in the hospital, set all his bones right, and then he, a few hours later he heals and is able to stand up and walk out of the hospital. And that's due to the super soldier serum that they gave him. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting, but he's definitely not a Captain America as far as his morale, his morals, and you know the way he treats people. He's the the opposite. So we kind of get to see a um, an anti-hero if they were given you know the same uh, treatment and serum that Steve Rogers got. You know, this is the kind of guy we would end up with. Mm-hmm. Which is why the doctor, you know. It said, you know, I'm not looking for the strongest or whatever. I'm looking for the right one. Yeah. 
you know, because uh, I think he kind of realized after the Red Skull, like, okay, you know, I can't just give this to anybody. Yeah. Yep. But he did start to change, like, his bone structure with the the sharp bones sticking out of his back. And, you know, that's, he started to change before he went to the doctor at the end of the film. So that, I thought that was interesting. Um, but we'll get into that in a minute. So there was that whole battle at the, the university. And then there's another. He, he goes into hiding with Betty Ross and they're trying to find their way to Mr. Blue in New York City. <clears throat> They end up meeting with him and they start talking about, you know, they were emailing each other for quite some time. So they start talking about that and, you know, the studies that Mr. Blue has done. I guess he has a lot of samples and he's been testing things on animals, trying to find the right combination. Mm -hmm. And replicating his DNA and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So he he decides that they want to tested on him he says you know we're, we're pretty close to it but we haven't you know we don't have a human test subject so we don't know until we do it but bruce banner decides to give it a give it a go and they don't know if it's going to cure him indefinitely or if it's just going to cure the next um episode where he starts to turn on the hulk you know they don't or if, if even if it'll cure him at all so they hook him up to the machines they give him the the purple serum and he starts to change into the Hulk. No, actually, it was the op- the other way. Sorry. He starts to change into the Hulk. They give him the purple serum, and then it calms him down, and he doesn't transform into the Hulk. So mm-hmm. they're like, well, I guess we know it works, but did it cure you indefinitely, or was it just this episode? Yeah, and that's, you know, and Mr. Blue said that, you know, he's like, you know, I, I have no idea, you know, it's, it, could it just be this specific, you know, whatever made you mad or this situation? I mean, it, yeah. you know, it's a coin toss. Yeah. So, yeah, in the meantime, uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. had intercepted Banner's communication with Mr. Blue in an email, so they knew where to go. So right after that, they show up. Uh, Blonsky is there with his his soldiers as well as General Ross and all his, uh, you know, his his troops. So they surround the, the university or the lab that they're in. And they're able to escape the laboratory, but then they eventually get caught and are put on a helicopter. But in the meantime, Blonsky confronts Mr. Blue and is like, hey, I want you to give give me the serum. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So, no, it wasn't, was it the serum or was it the blood? I think it was the blood. Some of That's his blood. Good... Yeah. It's like, give me whatever you gave him or, or whatever. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. And then Mr. Blue's like, you know, says, you got a little something in you already. Yeah. You know, like he could tell, like he knew, yeah. like, Hey, you know this isn't this isn't normal because at this time now, uh, the guy Blonsky he looks pretty like he still like has it you know he's got the skill he's strong he's whatever but it's taking a toll on his body he yeah. looks like like it's draining his life almost yeah 
to, to do that. His body can't sustain it. And so it looks like he's kind of like getting a little skinnier, sucking his face in a little bit. He's sweating profusely. And, uh, and uh, you know, and then he just says, no, but basically he says, give it to me or I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's all there is to it. Yeah. So I think it was some of his blood or whatever um, chemical compounds they found in his blood. Bruce Banner's blood. So they give him that dosage and he ends up turning into abomination, um, which is, I don't know, what did you think of the abominations design that they used or and who he was? I liked it because it was like, you know, you combine stuff, so it's like a bigger, stronger Hulk. What was weird to me is that how how Abomination was so, uh, like, he was so aware. Right. Right. He was. He didn't have any problems talking and recognizing where he's at and controlling every action, being aware of those actions. And Hulk was. It isn't. You know, he's just not in control. You, you know, pent rage and whatever's in his way is in his way. Period. And. Um, I mean, you can kind of see, you see in a couple parts that there's certain things that can help him focus, like Betty helped him focus for a second and calm down, uh, you know, different things like that. But in general, he just it isn't. And so I, I've always wondered if the abomination was, uh, you know, why he could talk. And was the abomination his form forever? Because you never really, I mean, he transformed in the abomination, but you never saw him transform out. Yeah. And so was was he going to be stuck like that forever? I always found that weird, just kind of unanswered questions that I had. And I, maybe no one cares about those questions, but I think that's important a little bit. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. You know, I was like, well, how come he can talk and he's making decisions and plotting to to you know capture the Hulk and do things to him, you know, that sort of thing. And then also, also when they defeated him in the end, he just he didn't change back he was just still who he was and i mm-hmm. i did wonder you know so is he like that for the rest of his life or you know what happens there and they've never answered even to this time what happened to him right right and, just kind of ends and that's it yeah know? is he still around is he not does no one care <laughs> yeah. i i mean it's just it was really kind of a strange loophole there uh to not answer that and then the only thing you really ever hear out of uh, Hulk is when he yells Hulk smash, you know? Yeah. Which was pretty awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah. that's all we hear out of him. <laughs> yeah. And that fight was pretty amazing. Yeah. Right? I It was it was pretty cool how they did it, you know? And Well, I liked when it started in Harlem in the streets. And Abomination is just going to town, throwing cars, throwing people, starting fires, and just, you know, wrecking havoc on the city. No holds barred. You just mm-hmm. see people flying. He grabs people and just flings them through the air, and they slam into a building. So, you know, pretty, a lot of um, carnage going on. And then Bruce Banner jumps out of the helicopter, and he's like, He's not going to change. He just falls and slams into the ground. <laughs> His head just hops out. He's like, I got this, babe. <laughs> Hits the street. <laughs> then it doesn't work. But then he he changes, comes out, and just they go to town. Like you said, it's just an amazing battle. 
he rip Hulk's ripping cars in half and punching them with the cars and Abomination is grabbing chains and flinging it at the Hulk. It is just all out brawl with any object that's nearby. It's it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. It was way amazing. Yeah. Uh, it was uh to watch those two go at it, you know. And I think it was obvious that that uh Abomination was stronger. Yeah, he was. And, and bigger, but as the fight wore on, I like Hulk started catching up. And what a lot of people don't know about the Hulk is is the longer he stays Hulk, the stronger he becomes. So it's not that he just turns into the Hulk and he's got a top end strength all the time. He he'll continue getting stronger and stronger and stronger to the point where you just can't stop him anymore. He he becomes too powerful. I mean, read the comic book uh was it World of Hulk or Planet Hulk or whatever it is. Planet Hulk. Yeah, read that. Kind of talks about it a lot more and uh, explains, you know, when he gets taken and put into slavery for a little bit, and um, then all of a sudden just becomes stronger and stronger and stronger to the point that these people couldn't even stop him. So uh, that's that's good to note. So at the end of the movie, I think we saw that we started getting stronger. Betty almost died, and all of a sudden. Uh, you see him just go crazy, right? Yeah. He all of a sudden throws Abomination's head into the door, wraps the chains around his neck. Yeah, it was. It, it was probably one of my more favorite fights from fight scenes from the whole thing, and it it was uh, a little bit more serious than the other fights too. Yeah, like uh, I I don't know why I don't know if there was just more on the line or you just saw more pent up rage or or whatever it was, but it, it was just a little bit more serious than. Than what what we see in the other films, and I think that drew me as a as a fan and as a you know just someone watching the show into the fight even more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you kind of see uh, what you're talking about with him. As long as he stays the Hulk, he gets stronger. That's kind of played out a little bit in Thor Ragnarok, where he's been the Hulk for months, if not longer. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler. So, but even the battle between Hulk and Thor in that movie wasn't as intense as the Hulk and the Abomination fight. So that could be for different reasons, but this first fight with the Hulk was pretty intense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I like I like the way this Hulk looks better than Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. Is there anything in particular or just overall? Just overall. I don't know what makes him look better. I think Mark Ruffalo's like he's not like this Hulk. If you look at him stand next to things and other people, he's really big, like noticeably huge. And I think he rocks up right a little bit better. And Mark Ruffalo's Hulk is almost like like gorilla walking almost, you know, like walking with his hands down and. His shoulders are bent forward, kind of like a wrestler, if you know what I'm talking about. I mean, I, I use that term because I'm, a, you know, I wrestled in high school and college. But if you've ever seen a wrestler and they have their back kind of bent forward, like bent and it bows, that's kind of like what you see Mark Ruffalo's, where the other one, uh, Edward Norton's, is you know standing up straight, just massively strong, you know, believable muscles. I think he looked maybe more like his muscle looked more believable as opposed to Mark Ruffalo's look like. 
CGI, you know, it's just, it didn't look as good. I don't think, um, I, I don't know why I just, I really liked the look of this incredible Hulk and that's fine if you want to switch actors, but leave that alone. I just don't think he looks as big and as intimidating as, uh, as the original, but I mean, the outcome is the same. So I guess it's semantics, but just as I just liked it better. Yeah. And I can see what you're saying with the muscle definition and how real it looked. Because there were a couple of times when he was flexing, I was like, yeah, that looks real. That's real. You know, when mm-hmm. muscles striate when you flex, like especially your pecs. Yeah, like you see him tighten up yeah. across the chest. You see and the muscle arms. fibers and everything. And you see his arms and they're just like massive. And it just looks badass. And the other guy uh, in the later films, he he looks big, but it's more cartoony, I think. So, yeah, I see what you're saying there. Uh, so Stan Lee moment, we talked about it earlier. He drinks the Guarana soda, and it kind of hinted that he changed a little bit, that he kind of turned into a mini Hulk or something for a short period of time. And then, but their investigation of that incident led them to Bruce in Brazil. Another key moments were uh, Lou Ferrigno from the TV show who played the Hulk, um, he appeared in this movie as a security guard at the Clover University. We've met him. Yep, we saw him. Met him. He's the still first pretty massive. Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah. He came to Utah. It was it was really neat. Yeah, he's still a big dude. Even when he's like, he's probably seventy now. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he is he's still jacked. Built. Yeah, I mean, goodness, he's a and he's a big guy. Yeah, he's six four. Uh huh. And he was standing, I remember him there, and he was standing next to Frello uh, Lee. Uh, Stan Lee. Stan Lee, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was uh, pretty neat. Yeah, and he also provided the voice for the Hulk. When he says Hulk smash, that's him. That was pretty cool to bring him back in, as well as Bill Bixby. I believe he's dead. He's passed on. But they found a way to incorporate him into the movie. I guess one of his other shows that he was TV shows that he was in. They showed some footage of him in that TV show. I think I believe it's when Bruce Banner's in the hotel or somewhere and he's watching a TV show and it's mm. he's in it. So they were able to bring him into that, and I think that's a pretty cool nod to you know the Hulk TV show that from the the seventies. So that was pretty cool. Maybe it was the 80s. I can't remember. I remember watching it as a kid, though. Um, after credit scene. There isn't an after credit scene, technically. Uh, but it's the last. Like, the movie basically ends, and then they show one more scene, and then the credits. Uh, it's the oh, scene. is it where he's, like, in Canada or something like that? No, they do show that. We can talk a little bit about that first, actually. Um, you know, the last after the last incident, he stays the Hulk and runs off from New York City, kind of goes into hiding once more. And they show him up in Canada, in British Columbia, I believe, in a cabin in the woods. And he ends up buying back a piece of jewelry that Betty Ross had sold so they could have money to fund their journey to meet Mr. Blue. And it was important to her, so he, he was able to buy that back, and he put it in an envelope to send to Betty Ross. 
But then you see him, he, he starts to meditate and do his thing where he keeps his heart beat down so he doesn't transform. But this time he does the opposite. He he seems to embrace the Hulk, you know, who he is. He actually elevates his heart rate. And the last scene you see is him opening his eyes and they're green and he's changing. Mm-hmm. So what did you think of that? I thought it was, it's definitely different from the rest of the film. Yeah, definitely. I think... Um, and I don't know where they're going with this storyline or anything, but I almost think that that was like a a storyline where the Hulk was going to start to be be able to come control of the Hulk because, and you see that in uh, the first Avengers movie, right? When he he controls his transformation, right? When he wants to, and I think that's what that was showing is like, okay, now I can turn into Hulk whenever I want. Mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm getting control of him but it seemed like the edward norton at the end kind of had like he knew he could do it and be fine like he's not going to go run and kill town after town but then mark ruffalo he can change when he wants but it's still like he's he's going to destroy whatever's in his way and no matter what so it almost is like he lost some control there and I don't know why they did that, and I don't know if they meant to do that, and maybe I'm just reading into it, into it more. But I really got out of it like, okay, you know, he did take that experience away where it was random, but now I can do it when I want. I, he's given me control. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that. So we get to that last scene after this scene where he willingly turns into the Hulk. We see General Ross in a bar drinking some shots and uh, this guy walks in and it's Tony Stark and he says he wants to talk with General Ross about the Hulk and that he wants to form a team and then that's the end of the scene. So definitely hinting at forming the Avengers, getting the group together. Um, and this part, this is why I kind of think that these, you know, this movie and Iron Man 2 happened at the same time. Because they didn't really fill in Tony Stark about the Avengers, like everything, until Iron Man 2, and most specifically at the end. At the end of Iron Man 2, we see the footage from the the Culver, Culver University attack. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this last scene has to happen after that. And so he's kind of, you know, it's a crossover from Iron Man 2 into Incredible Hulk. That's why I think that, if that makes sense, I hope it does. Because in my mind it does. (laughs) (laughs) So if you watched Iron Man 2 before the Hulk, or if you watched the Hulk before before Iron Man 2, I think you're safe because they happen at the same time. Mm -hmm. Okay. But this is kind of the first time in in the films that we see, you know, that they want to form the Avengers. They want to actively recruit people. I mean, we saw it in Captain America, but that technically came out after this film in, you know, 2000 years, 2008. This one came out. I think America, Captain America was 2010. So that way, this is the first time we, as an audience saw, Oh, they're act. They are actually going to look at forming the Avengers but in the film you know the film world film universe this is just another step in creating the Avengers mm-hmm. yeah I mean Hulk's major part of the Avengers so yeah. you gotta bring him in and 
Um, it wasn't really like a, too much of an, I don't know, maybe it was kind of an origin story. I don't know. I almost felt like it was like this kind of introducing him more than an origin story, but maybe it's the same thing. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, they do tell the origin in the opening credits of how you know Bruce Banner was exposed to the gamma rays and became the Hulk, but they don't really dwell on it. It's just kind of clip scenes mm-hmm. inter- interspersed with the the credits. So but yeah, it is an introduction of who the Hulk is and Bruce Banner more than an origin, like how he became the Hulk. Because so, we never see him before he became the Hulk. And in most origin stories you see, we got this character, he's doing this thing, and then he transforms into this superhero. Or he embraces his role as a superhero. So we don't necessarily see that in this. It's, he's already the Hulk, he's trying to deal with it in this film. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, film number three in the Marvel Avengers rewatch, The Incredible Hulk. Uh, it was great to go back and watch it again. It's you know, like I said earlier, it'd been a few years, a couple years. Mm-hmm. And it was good to revisit it and just kind of see this new, well, this yeah, this newer take on on the Hulk after you know the '70s and '80s TV show, the failed Hulk in the '90s. It was great. This is a great refresher for the Hulk. Um, this is the only standalone of the Hulk that we have up to this point, and quite possibly could have. So it's unique in that way. I mean, Hulk isn't a very um, dynamic character in the sense that he's, you know, he as the Hulk, he solves problems. He, you know, do, does all things. These things. He's kind of one-dimensional in a lot of ways. As the Hulk, Bruce Banner is a different story. So it's. But, you know, with what they did with this movie, I thought it was great. Mm -hmm. Give it probably a B plus in my book. What about for you, Mark? Oh, yeah. There's not a whole lot of negatives, I don't think. There's just a lot of positives. Um, I'm not really sure what I didn't like about the movie. Um, Maybe the only thing I can say is a couple of those plot holes. That uh, that were pretty glaring. I think if you were nerdy enough to think about it, <laughs> um, like what? Uh, you know, just like you know, with the abomination, right? Mm-hmm. Not transforming at the end. What happened to him? Is he alive? Is he dead? You know, things like that. Okay. And then uh, Ross, uh, General Ross, totally like just fails. You know, fails at everything. <laughs> and uh, yep. you know, cost millions, hundreds of millions of dollars of damage, and this, that, and the other, and almost gets killed. Like it, it's pretty sure he's a failure. And the next thing you know, he's the Secretary of Defense. <laughs> yep. And which right? one was that? Uh, in the the last, uh, was it um, Captain America? No, with the Civil War. Civil War. Okay. Yeah. Right. Remember, he's yep. he's there and he hasn't comes in and have them sign it all and basically tells them this is the way it is. And it just is kind of weird to me. He just is this failed general getting drunk at a bar. And the next time we see him, he's the secretary of defense. Yeah. You know, just kind of just kind of strange things like that that bother me that don't tie in very well. But I mean, overall, I think I think you're about right. A B plus I'd give it, you know solid B plus, maybe straying into A minus territory, but 
uh, you know, just it just depends. So yeah, it's solid B plus. Uh, I think that uh, <laughs> yeah, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a sixty seven percent. So uh, looks like Google users, um, tens of thousands of people, eighty four percent. So looks like it's about a B, solid B. So yeah, I mean just. Well, this is pre-Disney, so that's why it's rated that way, right? Right. I mean, (laughs) Disney paid people off back then. We know they did. And uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It didn't do very well at the box office, actually. And this surprised me. It did about $300 million worldwide. Wow. Not even $300 million. It did $263 million. Wow, that's surprising. Yeah, Really surprised me because it's. I thought it was so good, but it could have been kind of destroyed by the fact that uh, you know Lou Frigna was the original Hulk, and I don't know how much people like that. Maybe it's because it's so dated. I watch it, and it, I'm just like, this is dumb, dumb. Yeah. right? <laughs> well, back uh, in the day, then, it was awesome. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it was. But Eric Bana. He did the Hulk too. That was released in early two thousands, right? Two thousand three or was something. It? I, thought I think it was so. Nineties. I could you might, be wrong. You might be right. I I don't remember when it came out. I remember seeing it and I was like, "This is pretty horrible show," and I was not impressed. But I, I mean, I wasn't going to movies like I am now, looking for good stuff. But yeah. and I've never seen it, it. Okay, if I'm right. Uh, Hulk. 2003, you were right. I was wrong. See, that's, uh, folks, that's how we know that there's a true fan, <laughs> is that he really hates movies and he remembers when they came out. No, I'm just, no, I'm, I'm for real. I'm not just kidding. I'm for real. And uh, so, yeah, it came out what, five years before this one. And I think it really destroyed it because it was a pretty yeah. horrible movie. That's interesting that they did a quick turnaround. Yeah. Five years later, they're doing another Hulk. That's completely different. Completely. And and I don't know why. Like, maybe they came out like, oh, well, let's do the Avengers thing now. Yeah. And pretend like, like, I don't know, maybe that was the precursor to Spider-Man. Because apparently you can reboot films over and over again <laughs> within years, and it's cool. No one cares. But yeah. I remember seeing it. It was just pretty horrible. And uh, so when I saw this new one, I, I was really excited. I was like, this is a great great one this is i i could get behind this hulk so i don't know all right Uh, we want to thank you guys for joining us here on the credible nerds podcast as we review captain marvel in our marvel avengers review series and definitely check us out on social media on instagram facebook twitter even pinterest Uh, just search for credible nerd and you'll find us follow us contribute the conversation we're usually posting stuff here and there about and you know joining the conversation there and definitely check out our podcasts on itunes google podcasts stitcher pretty much any podcast app you'll find us there or even on spotify Uh, support us on patreon Uh, all our shows are on patreon.com slash the credible nerds you can join us there we have exclusive episodes exclusive bonus content that you can only find there so check us out there and support us we'd really appreciate it we want to thank you guys for joining us here on this podcast And we'll catch you next time. See you guys.